Well, we have a surprise for our listeners, don't we, David? Yes, we do. Merchandise. I'm very excited. Yes, everybody whose favorite podcast has t-shirts and hoodies available for you. And we know we're really your favorite podcast, so that is us. (laughs) <laughs> we certainly have one of the coolest logos, which really oh, uh, yeah. lends itself. The, uh, the title is over in Cotton Bureau, Automators Assemble, because it looks so much like Captain America. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying that. Uh, but either way, uh, we got a cool T-shirt and a zippered hoodie with a 3D. Um, what, what's the fancy term for this, Rose? It's um, Embroidered the, logo? Yes, embroidered logo on the zippered hoodie. I, I know that I'm going to get one of each, but the zippered hoodie I'm very excited about. We had to, like, kind of negotiate with them to get this because it's a larger size embroidered 3D logo. It's very nice. If you've got one of the Cortex hoodies, uh, it's like that. It's it's uh, looks really great. We'll put some pictures and links in the show notes so you can go check it out. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, it, the, the Cotton Bureau stuff, the reason why we've gone with Cotton Bureau is because we know the people at Cotton Bureau and the quality there is really good. Um, so that, that's why we've gone with their stuff, because we know we're not going to be sending you something that you're going to go, oh my gosh, this is terrible, and it falls apart after one run through the washing machine. So we hope you're going to be really happy with it. And I have to say, I'm wearing one of the hoodies right now, and it's very snuggly and warm, but not too warm. So I'm quite impressed with it, I have to say. I'm going to be wearing mine at, at uh, some of our meetups, actually. So. Yes. Me too. WWDC, baby. Going to have my yes. uh, uh, Automators Assemble gear on. So uh, uh, go check it out. We put a link in the channel. Like I said, you'll probably hear about this a couple times, but it is a limited time campaign. Uh, it doesn't run forever. So if you want to get them, get in there and get them now. Definitely. And uh, uh, hopefully, at the very least, for people who are resident in the U.S., these are going to arrive in time to wear at WWDC as well, which means that if you are thinking of getting one to wear to one of the meetups, it should, fingers crossed, arrive in time, barring any postal delays. So that should be good, too. And uh, so what are we going to promise if you're wearing an Automators Assemble anything? High fives? Definitely high fives and selfies. We can can offer selfies. And there may be stickers as well. Yes, so, always stickers. All right. That said, if you if you don't want to get a t-shirt and you still want to come to the meetup, that's okay. We're not going to turn your way. You will still be able to get a selfie. Uh, can't promise a high five, though. That, that may have to be negotiated. Yeah. So. All <laughs> right. Well, go get your gear, and we will see you wearing it at WWDC. Hello, and welcome to Automators. I am here with my fabulous co-host, David Sparks, and we're going to teach you how to use your computers to do your work for you. Hello, David. Hello, Rosemary. You ready to talk some text expansion? I am. It's, it's a very good episode because, uh, as, as I'm stealing from your outline, it's, this is the gateway drug to automation in many ways. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. Because it's easy and it's a low barrier to, enter, to entry and it's a high payoff. And it's something Definitely. that we've been talking about off and on throughout the show. But we thought we'd just take one show to talk really deep about text expansion and, and how that works. But before we do that, we've got a few announcements. Um, the meetups are still uh, taking on new uh, attendees. Just heard from a friend the other day coming all the way from Las Vegas to join our Orange County meetup. That's pretty cool. That is nice. Yes. There's a lot more spaces in the Orange County meetup than there are left in the WWDC meetup, but we're probably going to be having the WWDC meetup outdoors. So uh, space hopefully won't be an issue on that front. Yeah, same thing down here in Orange County. So there's room for you. Go sign up. We're going to have a great time. We're looking forward to it. Um, 
and uh, just just sign up. It's free. We'll have fun. Yes. Uh, but, but so let's talk about text expansion. The um the gateway drug to automation. It is. Um, the uh, text expansion is something that started showing up in word processors years ago. And, mm-hmm. and, but then it, it kind of grew to the operating systems. And I want to talk about the Apple operating system implementation in general later, but it, you know, it, the idea behind text expansion is real basic. It's uh, you type one thing and then the computer is monitoring your keystrokes and says, Oh, she just typed that. I want to turn that into something else. Yeah. The most common example is type cell, like as in cell phone, but with two C's. And anytime it sees that C-C-E-L-L, it backs up the cursor, erases what you just typed, and writes your cell number for you. And it's much easier to type cell than it is to use the parentheses and the dashes and hit that number row up above your keyboard and, and you know, enter your, your phone number. So... I mean, that's the kind of thing people were thinking about it. The, the first time I ever saw text expansion used was in Microsoft Word, I believe, where they had a big library of typos, you know, things that you commonly mistype, and it would back it up and fix it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to use that all the time because uh, I learned to type uh, fairly early. I was about 11, and I actually took piano lessons because I wanted to learn to type. Don't tell my mother. Um, that's weird. I know, but it turns out I actually enjoy piano. Yeah, well, I I enjoy piano, so it worked out pretty well. Um, But uh, so I learned to type pretty early on, but I was uh, fairly quick at typing. I'm also quite quick at reading, but with speed, sometimes you lose accuracy. Um, And I got bored with Mavis Beacon teachers typing, so I never really followed it through. And that meant that, of course, there'll be lots of mistakes. And uh, at one point, I think we were using, uh, I want to say, WordPerfect or some earlier version um, of like a Microsoft rich text uh, editor that wasn't Word, but it wasn't like Notepad. Um, And um, I I was using that and I handed the work in. The teacher looked at it and said, nope. Like go home, too many spelling errors, try and fix it. Um, and so finding that you could do this in Microsoft Word saved my bacon. Yeah, you know, it's really nice. And and if you're doing that already, congratulations, you're already an automator because you are doing some sort of automation. Uh, at that kind of entry-level text expansion automation, uh, some of the things I do and did very early was not just, you know, I started thinking kind of outside of the box of things that I type routinely um, if I have a client with an odd name, you know, that's spelled odd, you know, and, and it's hard for me to remember, I just have a short name for them in my head or maybe just the first name with the last initial. And then it will automatically go and type that in. Um, as an attorney, I do a lot of research and writing and we have very specific citation formats for, you know, as a lawyer, you have to go find old court cases and, Court cases are found in different books published by different people, and the way the courts want you to cite those, um, you know, the 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 volume and page number of those books, so the judge can go find the case too, is very specific. But that's a perfect example of something that lends itself to basic text expansion, and I've been doing that my whole career. 
Yes, uh, I can see that being very useful. As it turns out with citations, I actually use an application called Zotero. And there's lots of things that you could use with academic citations. But legal citations are, from what I understand, just a little bit different to academic ones. Uh, you know, they're all the same. I mean, they, they're not the same, but they're the same. You know, you, you just got to similar get a, sure. get some sort of easy way to get it in. Like, um, I mean, like I, I can tell you, like if I type C A three, that's Cal App third, which is, you know, I mean, it's just like it, it's muscle memory for me at this point. But, but you have to have if you when you type it out, you've got to have the, the periods in the right places. Um, you know, whether or not there's spaces, there's all these problems you have, and and text expansion at its most basic level solves that problem. Now. Uh, it started out in word processors, but then very quickly the operating system vendors started to realize, hey, this is something we should do. They've got it on Windows. They've got it on Mac. They've got it even now on iOS. It took a while to get to iOS, but mm-hmm. they, uh, they've got text expansion at the most basic level. Uh, you find it in the settings on your Mac, or if you go into the settings on your iOS device under general, then the keyboard, it's under there. It, it's kind of hard to find if you don't know it's there. Uh, for the longest time, uh, the synchronization, the iCloud synchronization of uh, text expansion snippets was terrible. I mean, it mm-hmm. was, to me, it was like the poster child of bad iCloud for, I, I don't know, like for four years or something. And it was just amazing to me that like you would go in there and you would type in a new snippet and it just would not propagate or it would. It was like not consistent. Mm-hmm. After after I left my old firm because I like had one called um, um, Elaw E L A W and that's my email for my legal address and for whatever reason for years it would put in the email address for my old law firm it just it refused to update that and I would delete it. it oh man, I did so much crazy stuff, Rosa. At some point, I think I reinstalled iOS and just it still didn't fix I, it. Yeah. yeah, just because I couldn't get it to work. and it, Oh, man, it makes me so crazy. But now... now uh, it, it does those, work now, yeah. Yeah, now it works. So I guess I shouldn't go on about it. But it, it for the longest time, that was a problem. Um, but it, it's there. And, and the nice thing about that is it's system-wide. You know, um, mm-hmm. when it's just in Microsoft Word, all the effort you put into creating these text expansion snippets are only good in Microsoft Word. Once it hits the operating system, you can use them in any application you want. Um, the OS, uh, expansion does have its limitations. Like for example, one that, that just drives me batty is the requirement to have a leading space in order to do an expansion. Mm -hmm. This this is something you may not know. I mean, it, it, it is kind of a power user feature, but like, for instance, sometimes I wanted to use, um, in tech in a OmniFocus, I want to, insert a little text expander or text expander. You can see where I'm going with this, right? Um, I want to insert a little text expansion before a word. Like when I use the, um, the capture tool on iOS to capture a link into OmniFocus and I want to put read and review this article or consider linking to this article. I have all these different little like um, phrases that I insert before something I've I've put in OmniFocus, but I can't use that with the built-in expansion snippets because it has to have a leading space. So you literally have to like get the cursor to the beginning of the line, hit the space, then backspace, 
without deleting the space you just created, and then you can run the built-in snippet. So I I feel like the operating system is is great for typos and you know citations and the stuff we've been talking about, but it also has its limitations. It definitely does. And you can't include things like line breaks either, which is really unfortunate because I have uh, quite a few different email signatures is the wrong phrase for it because I, I have, of course, email signatures built into the various different mail applications that I keep switching through on a regular basis. Um, but I, I do before my email signature, I'll, I'll usually write something, you know, depending on who I'm writing to. It might be a thing from see you soon to uh, with best regards, um, depending on the tone of the email. But I can't have it do a line break after that and then put something else in, um, which is quite frustrating, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, and some of the snippets I'm going to talk about later are, are quite advanced and <laughs> almost all of them use line breaks. And you just you just can't do it. So I don't think they're really trying to make the built-in operating system automation as a um, as an automation tool as the way some of these other developers are. And it's nice that it works. It's nice that it syncs. It, it could be better. It's perfect for little things like email addresses, phone numbers, stuff like that. For that, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it, but it could be better, honestly. Okay. Um, yeah. But this is, like I said, the start for so many people. And I think text expansion, uh, you know, you think about the tool belt, like a carpenter wears. Everybody has a screwdriver in their tool belt. I feel like text expansion is like that screwdriver. It's, there's just so many things you can do with this type of automation. And, and it really is automation. I mean, the uh, there is a trigger and there is an action. In this case, the trigger is you type a phrase and the action is it does something with that phrase. And once you kind of get that internalized and you and you put on your automator hat, because you're listening to the show, you have an automator hat. You might not, mm-hmm. not know it, but you do. Uh, suddenly you can really make magic happens. And, um, and that's why we've made reference to text expansion type automation throughout the run of the show. And that's why um, I feel like a lot of developers started to say, what more can I do with that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of these things where a lot of people are going, hmm, actually, this is something that is very easy to understand. And if, you, if you're there going, well, I'm not sure I'm going to see a use case, don't worry, we've got a whole rest of the podcast to convince you. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Backblaze, the unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs that starts at just $6 a month. I've been using Backblaze for a long time, and... The reason is I don't want to have that data disaster that we always hear about here at the automators. Uh, you know how it goes. You, you think you've got everything covered. You think you've got it all backed up, but it's gone. Maybe uh, someone breaks in and steals your computer and your attached backup drive, or maybe you haven't tested your backup drive and it just goes bad. Having that second offsite backup is the way to really protect yourself. And that's what Backblaze does. You just set it up. It puts a little application in your menu bar and it starts uploading your drive off-site for you. Um, I think this is just a necessary step whenever you're going to have a backup. It, it's just, in 2019, it's silly not to have a off-site backup because it's just, your data is too important. So, so how do you get started? You can sign up for a 15-day free trial with no credit card required at backblaze.com slash automators. Backblaze backs up your documents, your music, photos, videos, drawing projects, everything that's important to you. 
Sometimes you need access to a file on the go. Guess what? Backblaze has got you covered. You can use the super easy mobile application to access all your data anywhere in the world, even from your phone. We were on vacation in Hawaii a few years ago, and I needed something that was on the archive drive that's attached to my Mac. Of course, I didn't have access to it, but I just used the Backblaze app on my iOS device. Got it. No problem. Backblaze has backed up over 750 petabytes and counting. I don't even know what a petabyte is, to be honest with you, but I think that's a lot of data. And they've done 750 of those. That's the equivalent of 750 million gigabytes. Well, there you go. I just answered my own question. These guys know their stuff. If you did have a data disaster, Backblaze can ship you a hard drive with all your data on it. And once you've restored your precious documents, you can send the hard drive back for a full refund. Backblaze has restored over 35 billion files. That's a lot of saved projects, assignments, and family photo albums. Having backups means total peace of mind. It's the difference between a data disaster costing you hours upon hours of work and just having a hard drive shipped to you. You know you're in good hands because Blackblaze are loved by and recommended by The Verge, Macworld, Next, Lifehacker, LifeWire, 9to5Mac, and more. I'll tell you, I have been so happy to have this Backblaze subscription. When my daughter went off to school, I bought one for her. I just think that anybody that is operating a computer, in addition to having a local backup, should have an offsite, and Backblaze is my weapon of choice. So avoid that looming disaster. Go to backblaze.com slash automators for your unrestricted free trial and let them know you heard about it here on the automators. We really appreciate that and appreciate their support. So that's backblaze.com slash automators. Go there now. Thank you backblaze for saving us from countless data disasters and for their support of this show and relay FM. Okay. So some third party developers decided text expansion is great. Let's do more with that. And uh, the poster child for this is our occasional sponsor text expander. Uh, now, Text Expander is an occasional sponsor of the Automators. In fact, they were the first sponsor of the show. Once they heard we were doing it, they said we want in. And uh, we appreciate that, but they are not sponsoring today's episode. They don't even know we're recording it. We didn't want it. You know, this was just, we wanted to talk about Text Expansion, and Text Expander is a part of the conversation. And uh, so this is not, they're not paying us to talk about it, though. So what does it do? It does the basic expansion we were talking about. It's system-wide. Uh, it syncs between platforms. Uh, a few years ago, they made some real architectural changes to the application that allows it to work on Mac, iOS, and even Windows. So if, you, if you've got a Windows machine at work, your snippets will, will go across. And they have a great uh, system in place for shared snippet libraries. I know Rose has shared some. I've shared a bunch over at maxsparky.com slash te snippets. And even if you go on their website, they've got a bunch there you can download. So they, it's you know they've they've got all the the basic text expansion stuff covered. Um, they also have collaboration, which is built in. We're not going to really talk about that today much. But for instance, I collaborate with my assistant, and we have a shared bank of snippets. So when I change links and things for customer support emails, she uses the same phrase, but the snippet gets updated on the back end, which is really cool. But what we want to talk about today is Text Expander as an automator tool. Yes. And believe me, it is a really good one. And personally, I'm just all over the JavaScript support in it, but I think we're going to get to that in a moment, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I think let's kind of work through it because it, there's a lot you can do with it, um, working our way up to, to JavaScript. Um, yeah. 
Um, you don't have to be a programmer to mm-hmm. do automation with Text Expander. That's one of the things I like about it. Um, so, the, and they've got different categories they've added to the years uh, to text expansion in Text Expander that that goes beyond what you get with the, the general system things. Um, one of those is text tokens, and it's very easy when you're creating a snippet. They just did an update that made it even easier to insert a token to represent something like the date and time. And, and it allows you to very, very much customize that. You know, you can use like the, the date, the, the month as a number or the month spelled out or the day abbreviated or the date as a number, no matter how you want to format it, date and a time you can do it with text expander. And the nice thing is you can insert that into a snippet. And one of the things I do across all of my systems is I often date stamp entries and uh, like for each client or matter i may have a little text file i've got in ulysses and every time we get on the phone i can just type for me it is x d t s which is x which is the key i use to start telling my mac i'm about to do a snippet and dts is date and time stamp um or if i go xds it's x it's a date stamp it just gives the date but often like someone will call me i just open up my file or I'll even do it in drafts, and I go XDTS, and then boom, it puts the current date and time as a stamp in, and then I can start typing, you know, based on what we're talking about and what I'm following up on. And then once I either save that to Ulysses, or if I'm in drafts, I move it to Ulysses, um, I've got that recorded. And sitting there, you know, probably five to, you know, 10 times a day and typing that date and timestamp in manually is a complete pain in the neck. So uh, this is an example of the advantage of a token. Yes. And the the advantage of this as well is uh, for anybody who's listening, who's ever done that thing where you type the same thing so often, you don't know whether or not you're spelling it correctly anymore. And you look at the word February and you go, is that one R or two in February? There's two. But you know, you look at it and you start thinking it's wrong. With this, you don't even worry about that because you know it's right every single time. And that is one of the significant advantages. And it yeah. means that if you're sending documents out with date formatting in, it's always consistent because there's nothing worse than going through a document and going, well, in this place, they've written this like this and in this place, they've written it like that. That's is one of the great things about using Text Expander for this because you can just do it and it will be the same every time. I have to say I use the the timestamps a lot more um, because at work we have to we have to track what we've done throughout the day as a duty so that we know that where our time is going approximately um, so that we know okay for example this project is ready to go into uh, another department for maintenance versus uh, it's still in active development um, and I use the date stamps all the time and I have it formatted as twenty four hour with no colon which is something I would usually do if I was typing the time. And it is so useful for that because I just, I type, um, what was, I can't even remember. I type XH, that's it, XH, and then I get the the current time because I don't ever have XHs in my words, apparently. So I, you know, one of the things I do is I send out monthly bills for the legal practice and the subject line will say Sparks Law slash, you know, April invoice or whatever the current month is. And that's the same thing as a text expander snippet. And it's using, instead of using the full date, all it's using is the current month. But I just never have to think about it. You know, the invoices go out, it says the right thing at the top of the 
the, I mean, the last thing you want to do is send out an invoice and have the wrong month listed in the subject line, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's just like everything in your life that involves a date or time, uh, why not automate it, make it always right uh, with something like uh, this feature in Text Expander? Yes. Yeah, it is perfect. Things like that. But as well as this, you can do the, the, the calculations. So you can do date and time math, like adding a year or subtracting three days, things like that, which is really useful if you want to say, you know, I'll get this done by this time next week. Okay, and then you can type whatever snippet you decide is going to be for this time next week, and then it will put in next week's date and time or next week's date. It's probably more realistic for you without you having to get out your calendar and go, okay, so what day is it today right now? If I add a week to that, well, uh, actually, uh, Monday, oh, you get sucked into your calendar. You just type next week and it does it for you, which is perfect. I use that quite frequently as well. Yeah, it's great. And, um, and that, but that's just one feature. You can also do uh, special characters. Um, you know, we talked about the carriage return, which is just just so essential. Like even just like making something as simple as an email signature, you need that carriage return, but it also includes keys like the escape key, the return key and the tab key. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, the tab key is the real golden child of this feature because that just opens so many doors for you in terms of automation. Um, For instance, when you're sending an email, um, you know, traditionally you would have to have one snippet to do the subject line and one snippet to do the body of the email. But with the tab key enabled, you can now have one snippet that creates the current, like, like I was just talking about that one with the, the invoicing, it uses the, um, it puts the date in with the proper, you know, format of the current month. And then it, it hits the tab key. Well, what happens in any email application when you hit the tab key? jumps to the subject line, you know, the subject of the email, you know, or I guess the body you'd call it. So having the tab key there allows you to have one snippet that you, that you can fire off in the sub, in the subject or the, the subject line. And then it'll type the subject in, then hit the tab key and go to the body and start typing that for you too. And it allows you to get two for one basically. And it that is really useful because I've got a little story here. Uh, the the ticket system that I work with at work, so I, I program a bunch of things at work and including enhancements to our ticket system. Um, and it has a REST API, which means I can go crazy and do everything via that. There are some things that you can't do through this. Um, and when GDPR was coming up, I had to set up something which you could only do via a Java applet. And I had to fill out 16 fields in the Java applet. And I had to click OK click a few more things, and then fill out those same 16 fields exactly the same way. Yeah. 28 times. Yeah. You know what I did? I made a text expander snippet. Yeah. I would open it, type three characters, and it would do everything for me. So I was sitting there watching TV, click, click, type three characters, give it a few moments, done, next. That saved yeah. me so many hours that evening. And I went into work the next day, and my boss said, how long were you working last night? And I said, oh, not much. You know, I got Texas Panda to do it for me, which is perfect for that. Oh, you're better than I am. I would have been like, oh, man, I was working so hard. <laughs> oh, my, bo- my boss thought I did work very hard because I found a smarter way to do it instead of the, the slower way to do it. So he was pleased with me. You also can use that tab key on web forms. You know, so oh, if yeah. you can, uh, often go to the same web forms, you can map it out with the tab keys and actually create entries very quickly. 
Uh, there's just a lot you can do with those special characters. And then and another thing that Text Expander can do is it can use a clipboard, which uh, is a secret weapon in my mind. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that or don't think about how they can use it. Uh, a good example for me, which is kind of like your example, is sometimes as a lawyer, I have to send out what they call discovery. It's just it's a fancy legal term. says I have to ask, ask you questions. Mm-hmm. And often there are questions that are somewhat related, like uh, – I had a, a case recently that involved um, some some government contracts, and they've got these super long numbers attached to these contracts. And for each contract, I had like 10 questions. You know, when was it entered? Who signed it? Were there any changes? You know, it was like 10 essentially boilerplate questions I was going to ask over and over again for all 10 contracts. And I got thinking, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go in and manually do this you know, there were 10 contracts, 10 questions, a hundred questions I had to write. And I didn't want to have to do this over and over again. So I just had a text list of the 10 contract numbers. And once I created the one set of 10 questions, I put in a placeholder for in text expander. You can do this, say insert the cl- the contents of the current clipboard. So just like you can insert the date, you can insert the contents of your clipboard. So all I had to do once I set that up was, I would just go to the to the Word document. Um, I would select and copy the first contract number into the copy buffer. And then I would go into the Word document. I'd, I'd type the text expansion snippet, and boom, it would hit 10 with that contract number. Then I went and copied the second contract number, did the same thing. I did that 10 times and drastically reduced the amount of time it took me to put together something kind of complicated. And not only was it nice because it was done fast, I knew that each one had exactly the right number and exactly, you know, there were, there were no mistakes in essence where if I had had someone type it, who knows what would have happened. Yes, that, that is a perfect use case. Lawyers are terrible. You know, if you get like one number wrong in the contract number, they'll say, well, I, we never signed that contract. We didn't, you know, because one of the numbers was off. So, so you got to mm-hmm. get it exactly right. And this is just a nice example of using that clipboard. Uh, it, the, the clipboard is just kind of a, a free agent of uh, ways to drop information into a text expansion snippet that you may use over and over again. Maybe you're sending out um, information to a customer about, and it's a different product every time you send the email, but if you want to send the email, you can have it grab the contents of your clipboard. That's nice. Yes, it, it is very useful. And also, um, one of the things that I uh, have been doing is plain text uh, or pasting this as plain text. So when yeah. I type semicolon PC, it, it types out my clipboard, but as plain text, which means that any and all formatting gets removed but i've still got everything the way it is yeah sometimes and i don't know which applications this is off the top of my head i just notice this happen occasionally if i try and do command alt v uh command shift alt v sorry is the the correct one to paste without formatting every so often it goes a little bit wonky but if i use uh the plain text um snippet with the clipboard uh inside of it and my text expander abbreviation it works so that that saves my bacon every once in a while and just to make that clear, what's happening is Text Expander can work with either rich text or plain text. So all she's done is made a text expansion snippet that is pasting the current contents of the clipboard in plain text. So that that necessarily strips any formatting. So you can you can copy anything and then add a, what's your snippet to paste that, Rose? Uh, uh, semicolon PC. 
yeah. which is not very efficient in hindsight. The keys are quite spread out, but yeah, but it works. It does. And it's in my muscle memory now. And as I type with all 10 fingers, it's, it's not really a problem. But uh, related to this, so you can use nested snippets. And this is one which I wish I'd known about earlier. Um, it is a fairly new feature, to be fair. Uh, but you can have one snippet included in another snippet. And the advantage of this is, so f say, for example, you've got several different snippets that include your address, maybe one that's got directions to your building, one that's got directions to your office, uh, one for people who are looking to deliver something to you, and they've all got your address in. Well, ideally, all of these will reference one snippet, which is your address snippet. And then if you ever move, you update your address once and it's done. Yeah. Because that is so useful. And especially things like phone numbers or email addresses, which are perhaps more likely to change, then you you can do that as well. And having nested snippets, one snippet inside the other means you update one and then it just rolls out everywhere. And that is definitely a good automation for everybody. Yeah, and like one of my one of my favorite um, script-based snippets is one that I use all the time in email where it grabs the name of this, the recipient. It just uses a little bit of Apple script to look at the email and whoever the addressee, it uses their first name. And that is one snippet, but then I use that as a nested snippet in other snippets. So I've got, if I type X hi, XHI, it'll say hi, Rose, comma, and that part rose is that nested snippet but if i type x hello it'll say hello rose or if i type x hey it'll say hey rose and so it was a way to not have to replace that apple script in every different iteration of how i want to send an email and if i want to make an adjustment to the apple script recently with some listener feedback i actually made a few changes to it i only had to fix it in one place yes which is perfect and uh, for people who are there wanting to know what the technical term for this might be called, you could consider it to be a function in programming, which is yeah. a, a thing that you call from lots of different places to save you rewriting the same code everywhere. Well, in this case, the code is your text, but yeah. it doesn't matter. It's still a function. Yeah, I never really thought of it in those terms in Text Expander, but you're absolutely right. That's what it is. Especially if you're calling something like your Apple script, or as we'll yeah. get to later, some of the JavaScript. It's a function. The um the another thing you can do with uh, text expander that's pretty cool is you can place the cursor after you run the snippet. Um, so an example of this I use is my file naming snippets. Like there, I've got a bunch of them that automatically insert the current date, and then uh, at the end it'll say something like Max Sparky expense, so Hazel can do something with it. But then in in the middle is two dashes where I would put a description, and I like the uh, description in the middle. Because in terms, like this gets shared with the accountant. I want her to see the date, the description, and then the Max Barkey expense so she knows what account it's from. Um, but in order to go and add the description later, you have to place the cursor there. So that you can do that. You can just say, okay, then move the cursor to this position. And uh, I don't use that often, but when I do, it's, it's very helpful. Yes, I can see that being quite useful. I've, I have several things that I type regularly and are having uh, the cursor positioned afterwards is really good. So in general, whenever I type an opening bracket, be that a round bracket, a curly bracket, or a square bracket, it will automatically type the closing one for me and put the cursor in the middle. So I can just keep typing. Um, and this is something that I stole from uh, my IDE. I use PHP Storm at work. Yeah. Um, and an IDE is just a development environment application so that 
supposed to make it easier for me to develop. And one of the things that it does, because you use brackets a lot, is it automatically closes your brackets for you and puts the cursor back in the middle. So in all the other applications that I write in that don't do that, I have Text Expander do it for me. Yeah. And like if you wanted to use Markdown a lot, um, Text Expander is great for Markdown in terms of uh, creating a system bit that could insert, for instance, the clipboard for a link and then place the cursor where you want to type the description. And yeah. Just save, you know, these are little things, but it doesn't take long to set this up. Like I said, the, the, the beauty about text expansion is that it takes almost no effort to set it up and you can use it every day. You get, you get um, rewarded or you get your time back very quickly. Yes, definitely. So you use fill in snippets a lot. And this is something that I, I don't use that much because I tend not to have so many emails and things that I send that have got the same text in them. Um, yeah. So how how do you use fill-ins? I, I use fill-ins all the time. There, so a fill-in is it's just like a form letter kind of thing, you know, where it'll say, mm-hmm. um, "Dear," and then have a fill-in field, and it'll say, "Well, who are you sending it to?" Um, that that invoicing thing I was talking about earlier, where it puts the date in the subject line and then hits the tab key. Next thing it'll say is "Hello," and then I have a fill-in for the client name. Um, and the reason I don't use the um, the Apple script for that is because I'm doing it on a web form and it, there isn't a Apple script to addresses the web form. And sometimes I want to address it to someone else at the company. And mm-hmm. so there's a basic one line fill in where I can type in the name of the recipient. And then um, with the fill ins, it's not, then there's at the end, there's a, a multi-line fill in where I can type in a status report for the month. So when I send the bill out, they get a little description of what I'm doing and what I'm up to and what I think is going on. Um, but it's not just for that stuff as well. You can also have optional selections in the, in this fill in field. So like Mm -hmm. one of the optional selections I use in that snippet is, and I usually only use this. It's it's basically another sentence that I can just check a box and it adds to it. If I don't check the box then it doesn't add the sentence. And when I have a new client, I'll say, if you want me to mail you a copy of this, you know, with a stamp, you know, let me know. And because most of my clients don't need that, and I assume they don't from the beginning, but at the beginning, I'll go ahead and check the box so it adds that field. Another one I do when it's a new client is I'll say, "Do you, if you want me to send these emails to someone else at the company, let me know. And so I've got these optional selections, and I never have to type this stuff. I just type, all I type is new bill in the subject line, and it does the whole thing. It puts the date in, it's the tab key, gives me the fill-in fields, and then it creates the email. And uh, so things like that, that you do that are repeated, uh, this is super useful. Uh, I use it also all the time for customer support email. I'm actually surprised with your book uh, release that you're not using a few of these because it's just, you know, just a thing that happens as people buy stuff and they have questions. We we have a few of them um, uh, because my my co-author, Ryan, and I, we both use Text Expander. We actually use Text Expander a lot writing the book. Whenever I wrote the word task in Scrivener, it automatically replaced it with action for me because we wanted to use the word action rather than task. Yeah. Um, and uh, so and I, I specifically have an action group that only worked in, in Scrivener for this uh, yeah. because having the word task replaced with action everywhere else would be quite confusing for some people. We do use it for support as well. So uh, I've got a couple of snippets to say, you know, like, uh, no, uh, this book is not being posted. It is only a digital book. Um, and, uh, you know, here's here's a link to where you can find the downloads um, and stuff like that, which is quite useful for people. Well, I mean, the interesting thing to me is we've been going at this now for a little while. And 
There's all these features that you can use with a more powerful text expansion tool than the built-in one. And we haven't even talked about scripting yet, but just looking at the tools we've gone through, if somebody doesn't want to deal with programming or, you know, scripting, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of power in just those basic tools and, and you should be checking that stuff out for sure. But let's talk about that, you know, inserting code through text expansion. Yes. Well, that's just it. You're not really inserting code. You're using text to generate, manipulate uh, uh, text, and then you're inserting the result of that, which is in many ways much better than just inserting code because, I mean, I can have it automatically type function, open round bracket, close round bracket, open curly bracket, close curly bracket. Um, But I, I don't need anonymous functions a lot and in my case my 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 development environment will do that for me anyway so that wouldn't be a particularly good use case for text expander but you can Uh, what i I meant by that was you put code into the snippet itself so it does things for you yeah and that is where it gets really crazy because you can and what i love about uh text expander here is that you've got the option of doing this in javascript or apple script and i personally find javascript for me is a lot easier for manipulating text because you can get like the first character of a string the last character of a string um and it's much easier and i find regular expressions to be easier in javascript as well um i've never really tried them with apple script and regular expressions are really good if you've got for example something on your keyboard on your clipboard your keyboard um and you want to to grab say for example the the digits in the invoice number that you've copied out of it okay because for whatever reason you get the whole um you get the whole um field put onto your clipboard that happens quite frequently with lots of web forms if you click into the field it automatically selects everything so instead of you know trying to select the four or five characters that the invoice number it's easier to just hit copy and have text expander grab out those digits for you so what are some examples of JavaScript uses you're you're doing in Text Expander now? It's like a just an everyday example. Well, I've actually had to migrate some of these, unfortunately, to other scripts. But uh, for example, the one that I just mentioned, grabbing uh, the the invoice number out, I actually have a couple of these. One that will also grab the date out and then reformat the date into my preferred format. So for example, if I have got an American date, then it will just pass the little bits out and turn that into a European formatted date for me or an ISO formatted date. So year, month, day instead of month, day, year, which is just very confusing for me. And I look at it and I'm always very confused as to why the month and the day are the wrong way around. And I frequently get the date and time wrong if I look at it that way. So I have one for that as well. I have to admit, I think you guys do it right. Um, why? I don't understand why we put the numbers together. It does, I think, enable confusion. Yes. And, and it requires you to use an additional character. You have to put a comma in there. So I, I don't know. I think you guys might have that one right. Yeah. But it's, it's very useful for doing things like that um, because, of course, you can use, you can do this in JavaScript or AppleScript. So your AppleScript one of grabbing the, the context name in the email is perfect. Um, but being able to manipulate things or, for example, turning a comma-separated list into um, a, a a vertical list uh, with line breaks between each item, um, that's another one that I've got. Um, and I just use uh, the, the text, expan- text expansion JavaScript function to split and then to, to combine those back together afterwards. I, I used to uh, toy with the idea of creating an AppleScript or a JavaScript with text expander to um, to fix smart quotes in a um, ah. 
and I think, but actually figured out a way to do that with keyboard master that made more sense. Uh, but the, uh, but you know, there, there's just a lot you can do with this stuff once you start getting into the automation and, and the way it works is rather than having a, um, when you are in the text expander application, rather than saying, when I type this, I want you to type that. You say, when I type this, I want you to run certain code and you can select JavaScript or Apple script, and then you just paste the code into it and it runs it. It's, it's really convenient. Yes, it definitely is. And you don't need to become a JavaScript or Apple script um, person to, to do this. I mean, there are a bunch of examples of these scripts are already on the web. You can just block and copy them in. Some of the ones that both Rose and I give away have Apple script embedded in them. You don't have to worry about it. It's just there for you. Uh, the fact is, once you have an application that's capable of running it, uh, you can use that code no matter who wrote it. So it's it's great. But be careful. Yeah. Don't don't run anything from anybody. Anytime you run code on your computer, you never know, right? That's true. But one of the links that will be in the show notes is something from Brett Terpstra, who, as he was a recent guest, I think you can probably trust him. Yeah. There. He's quite nice. Yeah. Um, it's powerful. I mean, the, the bottom line is once you start adding this kind of stuff to text expansion, it becomes so much more than just fixing a cellular phone number, you know, and yeah. it can change the way you use your computer. It can save you a, a great deal of time. I mean, I'm always reinstalling and resetting text expander. Cause like I do screencasts for them occasionally and for whatever reason, but you know, I I've looked in there and they, they actually have a, a little thing that keeps statistics about how much time you save. And I've, I've literally saved months of my life with uh, automatic typing. And that's not an exaggeration. I mean, you know, but I've been using the application for a long time and I use it every day. I mean, not only do I, I do the advanced stuff we've talked about, I also type common contract terms and just so many different things with this application. Yes. And it works on iOS too, which is great because I spend a lot of my time traveling and the iPad is very small and light. I do have a nice MacBook Air, um, but the iPad is even smaller and even lighter than that. Um, and it's great because you've got text expander support in a lot of applications, which is not something I found with any other text expansion application, unfortunately. Um, but text expander has got an API that developers can integrate, uh, which means that you don't need to use the text expander app or the text expander software keyboard um, to type these things. Though I do switch to the text expander software keyboard occasionally. Yeah. So um, the way it works on iOS is because of sandboxing, you can't have a application that has access to read your keyboard keystrokes and allows you to insert text on any application. It's a security thing. I kind of wish Apple would, make some exceptions for companies like smile because they they've clearly established that they're a good player in this community, yeah. but they don't. Um, so they made the API and some apps have adopted it. it. For me, this is a great reason. It's just one more reason why drafts is in my doc, to be honest, because <laughs> they've got text expansion, text expander integration. So all those snippets I can use work, but there is some limitation there too. You don't get some of the more advanced stuff we've been talking about with uh, the basic API. Some of that stuff, you have to go into the text expander app on your device. Um, a good example for me is like I, when I do a conference call, uh, the text expander snippet does a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, I'll talk to you about that one maybe later in the show. But the um, but I, I have to activate that in text expander, but then I can paste it into an email or, or something else very easily. Um, I really wish that uh, Apple would make it when you have an attached keyboard to an iMac 
that it would allow you to use third-party keyboard tools. Mm-hmm. And, and Text Expander is the poster child for this. I mean, it seems silly that I've got Text Expander in there. I'm in an application that recognizes snippets. And I'm sorry, well, it will work with applications that recognize snippets like drafts. But like if you go into an email application that doesn't, wouldn't it be nice if you could type your snippets? Uh, because you can using the Text ex- Expander keyboard, but when you attach a keyboard, it all that goes away. And I, I yeah. think that's something they need to fix. Yes, it is. Um, and it's very unfortunate that that happens. Uh, though I have I have to say, occasionally what I will do is um, I will, with the smart keyboard, I literally physically just detach it by just a few millimeters. It's enough to pop up the on-screen keyboard. And yeah. then I will type whatever it is I need to type on the software keyboard. Um, and uh, I'm hoping that when I get my bridge, I'll just be able to press the button to pop up the on-screen keyboard and type the few letters um, but in general, I, I personally prefer to write in applications with text expander support like drafts uh, just to save myself a lot of the time and aggravation with why didn't this work? Oh, because I'm I'm not in an application that supports it on iOS. Darn. This episode of Automators is brought to you by our awesome friends at Luna Display. They are the makers of the only hardware solution that turns your iPad into a wireless display for your Mac. That means you'll have a second display that's super portable with basically zero lag and gorgeous image quality. I love my lunar display. Occasionally, things like the projector flaking out on me at work would usually stress me out. But as it is, I've got my lunar display dongle, so I just pop it into my Mac, mirror my display onto my iPad, and everybody's watching what I'm doing on my lovely iPad screen while I'm showing them what I need to show them on my Mac. When I travel, I also use it as a regular second display extending my monitor next to me. And it's always amazing when you people come over and they watch you drag a window from your iPad onto your Mac and look at you as if you've just done some kind of magic, because that's what it feels like. Setting up extra screens can be fiddly, but Luna Display couldn't be easier. Just plug in this small bit of hardware into your Mac and you're good to go. Plus, everything works over Wi-Fi. However, if you're a busy person, you might be traveling without a Wi-Fi connection. And that's not a problem. You can just connect with USB. It's super simple to set up, and you'll love that extra screen real estate. Luna Display is a complete extension to your Mac. It supports external keyboards as well as Apple Pencil and touch interactions. It basically turns your Mac into a touchscreen device. And the all-new Liquid Video Engine brings significantly reduced latency and a faster screen refresh rate. Listeners of Automators can get an exclusive 10% discount on Luna Display. Just go to lunadisplay.com and enter the promo code AUTOMATORS at checkout. That's lunadisplay.com and promo code AUTOMATORS at checkout. Go there now, upgrade your setup. You're going to love it. lunadisplay.com, promo code AUTOMATORS and get 10% off. Our thanks to Luna Display for their support of this show and Relay FM. So text expander isn't the only game in town, though, for advanced text expansion type automation. Uh, one of them that certainly comes to mind is Keyboard Maestro. Um, Keyboard Maestro is an application. It's another one that we're going to have to probably give a full show to at some point. <laughs> but it, And it's another application that, that seems to like permeate throughout the automator's content. Yes. But, but one of the triggers this does, you know, and we're talking about text expansion as a trigger is a typed phrase. And that's one of the many ways you can activate keyboard maestro to do something, type any phrase and something will happen. And, um, I, I, Rose, do you use that much as a trigger in keyboard maestro? Uh, 
I don't necessarily use it with uh, typed uh, things as triggers. But for example, I have uh, Keyboard Maestro renaming documents for me with the sort of thing that you could do with Text Expander, but I've done it with Keyboard Maestro because then it can duplicate the document before it renames it. If it's got a specific file format or if it doesn't have that file format, it'll pop things up and ask me how it should go about renaming this um, and things like that, which is very useful. And in some ways, it could be considered to be like a text expander on steroids, but it's not designed for text expansion per se. It just happens to do that as well as many other things. Yeah, I, cause I like one of the ways I tried to use um, type string triggers in Keyboard Maestro was for my setups. You know, I have like a setup when I podcast, I want certain applications open in certain locations, and I can do all that that kind of window management stuff in keyboard maestro and for a while i had set them up like i would just say um podcast semicolon and then so if i type that word with a semicolon after it it would automatically close all my apps and then open the ones i want and would open the ones to the pages i want i even um you know so i was doing this kind of stuff like that but what i found was just typing didn't make sense like if the if i was just on the desktop it was weird typing to nothing, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yes. you know, and, and sometimes it didn't necessarily work because I wasn't necessarily in a text field. And, and then what are you going to open a word document and start typing something to activate your podcast setup? It, it just, <laughs> it, you know, it just didn't really work for me. So I don't really have that many that I use the, the way I eventually solved that problem, by the way, in keyboard maestro is I just created a palette. And if I hit a a, as opposed to a text string, just a keystroke. So I hit a certain incantation of keys on my device, like a keyboard shortcut, and then it opens a palette and it's got a list of all of them. Like if I type automators, it opens up, you know, the the quip document to the automators, you know, show that we're working on. It opens the you know, all it does all the things I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And doing that off a of palette just makes a lot more sense. So um while Keyboard Maestro does use text as a trigger, and I'm sure we've got some listeners that are probably doing some cool stuff with that. We'll have to check the forums after the show publishes to see how people are using it. Um, I don't use that very often as a trigger in Keyboard Maestro just because there's so many other triggers that make more sense to me for most of the stuff I do with that application. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I do use it for other things. So for example, um, if a document appears in a specific folder, um, then Keyboard Maestro might use that to kick it off, at, like attach it to an email. So like an email is an attachment and things like that, Yeah, um, which is useful for things that I've scanned in on the printer at work. Because frequently if I scan things in, then it's going to be to email to somebody else. Um, so it's, it's good having that pop up with, you know, automatically in my email and then I can use Text Expander to to finished off which is perfect the um uh there's other places alfred has text expansion support that's a popular launcher application um we've talked about ides uh, yeah. throughout the show and they you know it, it's a programming uh, it's a programming environment uh, was it ide stand for something development environment intelligent development environment so go. they'll do things like autocomplete so for example if i've got a variable named uh max sparky then when i type if if i'm using for example php or another language that starts um uh, variables with a dollar sign if i type the dollar sign and an m it will suggest max sparky as one of many things um yeah. and yeah, it, it's a very useful way of working. It's kind of like the the suggestions, the autocomplete suggestions on iOS, which are, of course, another sort of version of text expansion. Um, 
They're not the same, of course. There's also Type It For Me, which is another text expansion application. I don't really have much experience with it. Um, I don't either, but I keep seeing people recommending it. So I would love to hear from you if you're listening to this and you're using Type It For Me, because I do hear great things about it. And I'm always interested in playing with yeah. new applications. So I'd like to hear some uses. I thought we'd finish up. I mean, we've talked about a lot of uses that we have throughout the show, but I thought it'd be fun just to kind of talk about some additional ways we're automating with text expansion as we as we wrap this up. Yes. And uh, I'm going to start with a really simple one. I cannot spell the word separator. I get the A's and the E's and the O's all wrong all the time. And so I've created a couple of different text expander snippets in my case. I should probably move these over to the macOS iOS snippet expansions for those times when I'm typing it and I'm not in an application supported by text expander on iOS. Um, And I've got all the different ways that I try and spell it in there and they all correct to the correct spelling of separators so that I don't look like a complete idiot all the time, just some of the time. I mean, we all have that list of words that we commonly misspell and that's an obvious a candidate for this, I think somewhat related are proper nouns. And like, mm-hmm. maybe you're going to, to, maybe you're working on your marketing, you're working on an event and they have camel case. So they have some weird spelling of it, or you, you know, you deal it with the web and you've got all these companies you're working with that don't like to use vowels, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so, so you could, uh, you could use text expansion to fix all of those spellings problems and allow it to just make it easier for you put in. I mean, that's just the most basic, but there's so much more you can do with it, like a document creation. Um, mm-hmm. As a lawyer, there's lots of things I do that do have repeated text in them. And I've text expanded almost all of that stuff, the basics. So it gives me like a starting place. Um, you know, like if there's a, um, for instance, if there's a contract between two people, one of the things you almost always want to talk about is, hey, if we want to fight each other, where do we do it? You know, what they call the venue clause. Where do you, you know, what court governs if there's a fight over this contract? Well, I've got two or three of those saved as text expansion snippets. So um, when I'm writing a contract, I will usually start with one of those. Now, often I'll have to go in and customize little bits of it, but getting it started, you know, I save so much time using text expansion for that kind of thing. Yes. Um, and another use case is, for example, I've got phrases I'll use in emails a lot of the time. Let me know if there's a problem. Um, and instead of typing, let me know if there's a problem, I use semicolon LMK in English. And then I use backslash LMK and it will produce the same sentence for me in German, which is very useful at work um, when I'm trying to write to people in German and typing, let me know if there's a problem in English. Well, I mean, they'll all understand it. Everybody I work with is pretty good when they speak fluent English, but I'd, I'd like to at least give the impression that I speak fluent German, which depending on the day of the week may or may not be true. Um, and I do this for a lot of different snippets as well. So I've got the same phrases in English and in German, and I just use a different starting trigger uh, to de- determine which language it should be in. One time I heard Merlin Mann say that um, he does not argue with the internet, and I love that so much. That I made a snippet that says, and mine is X, not me. And whenever, you know, I don't get them very often. Occasionally I get an email from someone telling me what a dirty, rotten scoundrel I am for whatever reason. You know, whenever you go on the internet, you get that from mm-hmm. a complete stranger. And I just type X, not me. 
if I respond at all, <laughs> I type X, mm-hmm. not me. It says, I'm sorry, I don't inter- argue with the internet. And so you, you, we've all got those. Something that's kind of interesting I've noticed as we've recorded the show is I always use X as the letter to start it. And you use a semicolon, sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, semicolons, occasionally X's for things that I've st- stolen from you, and then backslashes for things that are starting in German that would start with a semicolon in English. Yeah. I like that so. when you're doing a different language, you have a different starter. Uh, yeah. But then I have the same snippets, so I don't have to yeah. think too hard. Um, and actually, for some things in German, I, I have uh, multiple um, starters. So I've got the, the German equivalent of the abbreviation. Um, just because my brain occasionally remembers that. And I guess what? Use the fill-in snippets in Text Expander when I'm using Text Expander for those. I have so. a, um, a a collection of snippets that say thank you in different languages. So um, sometimes I hear from a customer and they'll be from a different country. I like to, I'll just say, um, it'll say German thanks, you know, and it'll say danke. Uh, or, yeah. it'll, you know, whatever. I've got most of the languages covered. I shared that library, by the way, at... Uh, MaxSparky.com slash TE snippet. So feel free to um to download that and use it. I think I, I've added Klingon. Over the years, I've added a whole bunch of crazy things to it. But the um uh it, it's fun just to be able to type a, a phrase in a foreign language just using a text expansion snippet. Um but I the reason I use the X, I use the semicolon for a long time, but I switch over to X because I started using the keyboard on iOS a lot to mm-hmm. expand snippets and to get to the semicolon, it's two taps. And I just didn't want to like switch keyboards to trigger a snippet. So uh a couple of years ago I switched them all to X. Well, I do have a bonus tip for anybody listening who's going, ah, it's two taps. Uh if you actually tap on the the one, two, three button and then just swipe to the semicolon and let go, then you switch back to the regular built-in keyboard, which is quite yeah. useful. But in general, I tend to use a uh like a physical keyboard when I'm typing typing on iOS with something like drafts. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't run into that as much because the semicolon's right there, it's next to the L key. Yeah. Which is makes nice. sense. Makes sense. Yes. Um, but I mean, any type of repeated phrases, it's just useful. I mean, just to throw out a few more, I have them for things like directions to my house, mm-hmm. uh, customer support emails, whatever. I mean, anytime you find yourself typing something more than once, this stuff makes sense. Um, with all of the um, the token support in Text Expander, I've created a whole family of snippets that I use to document things. Like I talked earlier about my date time snippet, but I also have like a call template when I get a call in and it doesn't, it doesn't only put the date time in it allows me to put in who's on the call, what the subject is. It's got a line at the bottom that says action items. So I just like, I fire off that snippet into drafts when I get on the call and I fill it in basically while I'm on the call and when I get off and then I can document and save it. And I have a similar one for when I'm in a meeting. I have one for a conference call that sets up the conference call, you know, and that that inserts the uh, free conference call dial-in number, and it's got a field in there to say how long I estimate it'll take and what the agenda is. Just getting that out early allows you to keep the call, you know, more under mm-hmm. control. Yeah, definitely. But then I have a separate one that I run while I'm on the call where I record things just like I was talking about earlier. We talked in, I think it was episode 14, about automated journaling. That's a great mm-hmm. place for text expansion. Um, I just, all, I mean, I was just looking through my library as we were getting ready to start the show today. I have one in here for sick notes because when my kids get sick, I've got to send a note to the school. Well, I mean, it sounds silly, but 
there's only two or three reasons they're usually sick. They either have a, a bad cold or they usually have a stomach flu. So I've got a, an option to pick which one. It puts the date in. It creates the whole note for me. And it takes a process that used to take five minutes and now it turns it into one minute. And when, I, I don't even remember creating this, but I've been using it my, for a long time. You know, And whenever my kids get sick, that's what I do. Um, uh, I had the same thing for me as an adult. So oh, that when, I, when I'm sick, I don't have to you know, like try and formulate an email to say, I'm not well, I'm not coming to work today. I just fire it off and I'm done. I can go back to bed and sleep and get better. I've got one for movie reviews. Um, you know, so when I see a movie, I save it to day one and I have a little snippet that I, and I fill in. It's just kind of fun to go back and look at it in later years and see what I thought of that movie when I saw it, when I saw it. So, you know, just like, just goofy things like that. Um, I know you're doing it for emoji as well, right? Yeah, or at least I used to. So I used to do colon and then whatever name sort of applied to the emoji followed by another colon, just like kept you have in Slack and things like that. Um, but there's actually a really nice app for this now called Rocket. And you mentioned this on, I think, the menu bar episode of My Power Users. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure we've got some listeners who haven't listened to that episode of My Power Users. Um, and we'll put the link in the show notes. But essentially, you type a colon, you start typing, and it suggests emoji with like a graphical interface, which is even better. But you could, of course, just put the the common ones into um, the operating system expansion for you. And if you are using something like messages, then it will automatically um, turn things like colon, uh, close round bracket into a smiley face for you. Um, which is really nice, but not necessarily everything that you want. Because if you would like a little smiling pile of poop, then you need to be able to find that emoji. And sometimes that one hides. So, Well, and I, and I guess, you know, as we're kind of getting towards the end here, uh, the, the point of this show was to explain, number one, it's not that hard to get started with automation with text mm-hmm. expansion. And uh, you do need to get something more than the built-in tools. Uh, I, I think... A tool yeah. like Text Expander. I know they're an occasional sponsor, but I would say this whether they were or not. I mean, something like that is a really great tool to uh, to get yourself rolling. And then once you start making a couple of these, you'll find that you know, it, like I said, you get the payoff so quickly. Some of the automation we talk about on this show, it takes a while to get that time back that you spend creating it. Keyboard Maestro is a good example. I mean, it's, it's a great app, but sometimes it takes more involvement to get the Keyboard Maestro uh, macros working. They're more powerful. They take longer to develop. Um, but with text expansion, it's just so immediate, the return. And if any of the stuff we talked about today sparks any interest in you, just take some time this weekend and set up a couple of them. And just you'll just be amazed how useful it is once you get it going. Yes. And if you are going to try Text Expander, make sure to check out the shared snippets on their website, just because there's so many useful ones in there. I'm just scrolling through my list right now. Brand names, for example. So whenever you type GitHub, it's got a capital G and a capital H. Because what case are they using this week? Who knows? It depends yeah. on the brand. Um, yeah. And it's nice to be able to have that automatically fixed for you. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm I'm going to get a bunch of mine uploaded to their library because I, I started the TE snippets subdirectory of Max Barkey before they had this. And um, I'm going to try and get some upload. I don't know if they'll all be up there by the time we publish, but, but check that out as well, Rose. And th- don't you have some of uh, your snippet libraries as well on the web somewhere? 
Not really, because they all tend to be very personalized to me. And honestly, with the German ones, I'm embarrassed if native German speakers look at it, they're probably going to go, this is all wrong. Yeah. Uh, especially people from Germany, because I write in Austrian German nowadays. Um, but uh, I will make sure that I've got some links to some of the places where I've previously stolen this text expander snippet groups from. So I've got th- so I've got one called Letters in Circles, and this is really fun. You type three O's and then whatever letter, and it puts um, that letter into a circle. Um, and it uses three O's instead of two because there's words like look and yeah. loop, which have two O's in them. So, yeah. yes, it's quite fun. Some great stuff out there. Let us know how you're using it. You know, we've got that forum over at talk.automators.fm. And, um, uh, you know, have some fun making some text expansion. Yes. And don't forget, it doesn't matter whether or not you think you're talented at this stuff, you can do it. Yes. Uh, don't forget to sign up for our meetups. Rose and I can't wait to meet you in Orange County or at WWDC in San Jose. Um, also, thank you to our sponsors, Backblaze and Luna Display, and we'll see you all in a few weeks.